Life is full of awesome what ifs and some not so much, like unexpected medical costs. That's why United Healthcare provides Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans to supplement your primary plan and help manage out of pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com. Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too, like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit BetterHelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P. This is the Runner's World Podcast. Hello and welcome to episode 21 of the Runner's World Podcast, the weekly podcast bringing you all the latest running news, views and interviews. I'm Rick Pearson, the Runner's World section editor, and I'm here with Jane Maguire, the deputy digital editor. Jane, what's coming up on this week's episode? So this week we are talking to the amazing Sarah Morwood. Sarah is an ultra runner who recently won the South Downs Way 100 after recovering from two pretty career-threatening accidents. We'll be speaking about her and her amazing journey back into running and what it takes to succeed at 100-mile races. We also have the Runners World Chief Sub-Editor John Carroll who's coming in to discuss why he thinks, actually, we probably weren't born to run. Heresy! Oh, sounds good, Jane. What else have you been up to then this week? So I am week two, well, three now of Berlin training, which feels very, I don't know, it took me a week to kind of get my head around starting again. And this is the sub four plan. Sub four plan. Um, So last week I was in Cornwall and did some... Very hilly miles. Yeah. Who knew Cornwall was so hilly? Yeah, yeah. Um, which was fun, actually. I'm a, I'm definitely a pavement runner. So okay. it takes a lot to kind of drag me onto the trail. Yeah. But kind of accidentally ended up on the trail. And this, how, how long were you running in the weekend then? Um, so I had 10 on the plan. Okay. And I managed eight but before eight, the hills. Eight hilly is 10 flat. Everyone knows That's that. That's why I yeah, did that math. Because <laughs> after eight, eight hill, hilly, horrible miles, well, not horrible, hilly, beautiful miles, I was like, this yes. is why I'm a road runner. And I gave up. But so, I think it's good to admit defeat, right? Uh, fair enough. I think you've still, there's still a good shift. And, and this is, you're working with a coach now yes he called Lewis and he's from um, New Levels Coaching so shout out to Lewis shout out to Lewis Um, and it's great it's really different because with London I think I spoke about how I trained with my watch yeah and this time it's kind of obviously training with a human which is <laughs> nice in some ways because yeah. you can kind of explain to a human I'm not feeling that well I'm, I'm going to do this isn't this yeah. Um, but yeah it's. I'm excited I'm apprehensive yeah but I think it's just I don't know I'm having that classic like the beginning of a training plan and you're a bit sure. like oh I don't know if I can do this yeah but yeah it'll be good I'm, I'm sure you'll be fine I'm sure you'll be fine what about you what have you been up to I had this quite interesting Friday night so I decided to partly to celebrate summer solstice and partly because I've got this uh 100 miler coming up where I'm going to be running through the night so I was like yeah I need to know what it's like to run through the night to the morning okay and it's like it's never going to be easier because sunrise was at I think 4.45, yeah, so it's it? pretty early. So I headed off with a mate called Rich, and uh, we started running uh, in Wimbledon at about midnight. Mm-hmm. You get a few weird looks. It was your kind yeah. of like head torch on as people had just come in sort of <laughs> out of the pub. Uh, and went over to Wimbledon Common, lots of rabbits at Wimbledon Common, yep. through Richmond Park uh, to lots of deer, and actually 
couple of people, slightly strange people walking around alone, but oh, really? I, I probably look strange as well to them. Yeah, I mean... uh, but yeah, it was, it was interesting. I hadn't done a lot of night running before and um, when you see the sort of night give way to the dawn, it is actually very, it's very, very uplifting actually yeah. and very energising. So it was quite... Um, Did it you get a great sunrise pick? <laughs> no, so we were like, oh, I can't wait to sunrise, get to Brockhill Park, it's going to be an amazing sunrise because it's a great view yeah. out of um, looking out of South London. And uh, it was just cloudy. <laughs> yeah, I've never, uh, every kind of time, you know, when you're like, oh, I'm going to go here and I'm going to watch this amazing mm. sunrise. It never happens, does it? No. It just gets lighter. Yeah, exactly. And you're like, yeah. well, right, great, cool. I'm up for no reason. Yeah, it's now 5 a.m. I better yeah, go. Yeah, like, cool, great. Yeah, be interested to know what listeners have to say about uh, nighttime running. Have you done it? Uh, do you like it? Is, it? is it like your idea of, of hell? Let us know. Podcast at runnersworld.co.uk. This is the Runners World Podcast. If ultra running is about never giving up, then Sarah Morwood is the embodiment of that sentiment. Recovering from not one, but two career-threatening injuries, she returned to winning ways earlier this month with victory at the South Downs Way 100. In addition to her running, Sarah is a full-time doctor and says running has been key in maintaining and improving her mental health. If we could start then, Sarah, with, like, it's been a kind of, it's been a rocky road, hasn't it? There's been sort of not one, but two really bad accidents that you've been in. Could you kind of talk us through the nature of those and kind of, yeah, what, what injuries you suffered as a result? Yeah, so the first one was um, 2016, just at the beginning of the year, so the end of January. Um, I was out cycling um, on my road bike. I was cross-training because I had some pain in the other knee and um, a car pulled out in front of me as I was cycling down the road. I must have been doing about 25 miles an hour on my road bike and I hit her bonnet and flipped over, landed in the road on the other side right on my kneecap, which smashed into lots of pieces. Um, and I had to go, I had to go into a, I was taken in as an emergency and I had to have an operation the next day on it. Um, they were quite pessimistic, the surgeons who operated on it, because it was in so many bits. So they took a bit of it out and they sort of wound together the other bits that they could. Yeah. Um, and there's been on weight bearing on it for six weeks. And just before the six weeks were up, I tripped over while I was walking into work on my crutches. Because mm. it was on weight bearing and I refractured it. Oh, God. <laughs> so then I had to have a second operation to fix it again. Yeah. <laughs> so in total, I was non weight bearing on that leg for about four months in the end. And, and then um, you sort of came, you came back from it, didn't you? And, and you won, you won a race, and it, and it was, and yeah. that in itself was a great story. And then, then, then another accident happened. Is that right? Yeah, yeah. So I, I spent a long time rehabbing from the knee injury, and then I got back to full fitness after I had the metal workout. And yeah, things were going much, much better than they could have anticipated. And then at the end of last year, I was, um, I was driving home from a night shift, and it's assumed that I fell asleep at the wheel because no one actually saw what happened. They found right. me crashed into a tree in my car. Um, I, I'm, I'm a junior doctor and I've, I've done a night shift in ED and um, they can only assume that's what happened and yeah. I fractured my spine and I had a subarachnoid hemorrhage that bleeds on my brain as well wow. um, so I had to have surgery on my spine to fix that so uh, that took me out again And how did you feel in the aftermath of kind of both events? Were you worried that you might never run again? Yeah, well the first the first one was because I didn't have any head injuries or anything in the first one and the surgeons are very pessimistic because your knee function is quite dependent on your patella and they were very pessimistic like you probably won't be able to run and compete on that because it was so badly damaged Mm. um and that made me just feel awful and i I had because that was that was the year after i'd done the world championships um as part of the gb team so i'd i had lots of plans of how i was going to try and re-qualify for the team again that year and then other races i wanted to do and so they were all just shattered um the second injury, I don't have a lot of memory of, to be honest. It yeah. was eight months ago now, and I had, because of my head injury, I'd lost about a month's worth of memories. So the rehab from that was a sort of 
slower, foggier process. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and actually, this time with the spinal fracture, the surgeons were actually a lot more optimistic about running. They were say they said, you know, you don't, we don't know when you will be able to, but it certainly shouldn't stop you from being able to. So it was a, they were a bit more positive in, in what they thought I'd be able to manage. How did you kind of stay positive mentally, Sarah? I mean, particularly in the kind of face of those kind of diagnoses where someone says, like, you, you may never run again, because I know what running means to you. Like, it's kind of, yeah. it, it must have been. It must have been tricky to stay positive about that. Yeah, and the, and the first time with with a knee injury, I I wasn't very positive at all to start with. Mm. Sort of shut the curtains, wouldn't see anybody, wouldn't go outside because it's just I'd see it, I'd go outside and I was like, I want to go running on that road? Yeah. I can't even look at it. Um, but then I I started to focus on all of the little things from day to day that you're then having to relearn to do. So learning to just get around the house on crutches learning to dress yourself and go to the loo and all the sort of simple things or learning to carry a cup of tea around the house when you haven't got any hands. It, I think I focused on all those small improvements and I was writing a blog as I was doing it mm. and, and every single blog I'd focus on the small improvements I'd made and the small things I'd conquered and I think that was a really good way of, of staying positive and then through through my rehab, the regaining function in my leg and regaining things with running that I didn't think I'd be able to do, it was it was a way to just keep a positive mindset and and not find myself dwelling in misery about what had happened. Yeah. With a spine injury, it's um it's been a bit different because the head injury also results in you having quite a lot of mood issues as well. So I I had quite a lot of problems with depression and anxiety following my head injury, and um not having the running to help deal with those it was quite hard. But I'm lucky to have a lot of very supportive friends and family around, so mm. they helped me through that. <laughs> yeah. And what did you, if anything, kind of learn through? This has it changed the way you train now? Yeah. So I, after my knee injury, I went and signed up with a coach, um, James Elson from Centurion Running. Yeah. Mm. Um, he has he helped me an awful lot. Initially, just getting back on my legs and and learning how to to run again when I'd just been going out and running 100 mile races easily. Sort of the concept of just going out and doing 5k seems a bit strange. So he he guided me through that and also stopped me from doing too much because right. I used to just sign up things left, right, and centre because I love racing and I like route doing routes that people plan for you and you don't have to think about it. And then um, he he helped me to sort of guide what to enter so that you don't end up completely breaking yourself yeah. doing too much. Um, I've done a lot more strength and conditioning since my knee fracture and that's helped with my spinal fracture as well. So that's mm. kind of what it like like lifting weights in the gym, core work, or what, what kind of nature of, of the training is that? A, a bit of everything, to be honest. So initially, um, started with the knee and with the back, just starting off with no weights and just, just using your own body weight, um, just doing things like planks and bridges, and then gradually adding in a bit of weight. And, and then, yeah, I've just started using weights in the gym again um, with my back, and I did previously with my knees, so doing squats, doing lunges, um, and then trying to force myself to do a lot of stretching and foam rolling right, too. Yeah. <laughs> That's always the, the lazy worst bit part. at the end. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But um, I think that that's probably enabled me to get a lot more out of my knee than I, than I would have done otherwise if I hadn't done that strength work. Yeah, I'm sure. I guess one thing that often comes up with people who have experienced um, terrible injuries and come back is that they, they feel kind of new gratitude uh, mm. for running. Do you, do you feel like you kind of savour it more than, more than you ever did? Yeah. Sometimes. <laughs> there's always bad bits. So yeah. Even when you're coming back, you still sometimes find yourself thinking, oh, I hate this, why am I doing this? But there's definitely been points in races where I thought, oh, God, I feel awful. I can't put one foot in front of the other. And then you think, well, I might not have been able to, so I might as well make the best of this because yeah. it was what yeah. I wanted. 
um, and I wasn't sure if I was going to be able to. So, um, yeah, yeah it, it's definitely helped <laughs> at times. Yeah. yeah. I think you've spoken quite a lot about how running has helped you manage your depression and mental health and kind of how has how big a motivating factor is that for you um it's 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 pretty big really i i think i i get very uh, i get i think i suppose i'm sort of almost dependent on endorphins from running to sort of self-manage depression mm. um and, and without it i find myself getting quite low quite quickly mm. um and and also the participation in races i going out meeting other people all my friends are trail runners so if I see people it's always part of running and that community is is very supportive as well and that yeah. helps you to then manage your men, any mental health problems as well so it's it's a, a big sort of comfort blanket around me the running and the community that it's always there to fall back on no matter how bad things get yeah. it also forces you to go outside and, and actually after my spinal injury I, I couldn't really walk very much and spend a lot of time inside and sometimes just going outside and sitting in the garden and just getting fresh air mm. It's a massive difference. So going out for a run, you're just getting daylight and fresh air. It it really helps your mood. Yeah, I'm sure, that, and I think there's a lot of science to back, yeah. to back that up as well. Definitely, yeah. getting getting outside and 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 what it does to your to your mental health. This story has a has a happy ending, or or it, it's certainly looking looking good now, Sarah, because you you won the South Downs Way 100 earlier this month. Yeah. How did that feel? That must have felt incredible. It felt a bit. Sort of unreal, really, <laughs> and it and it felt. I mean, I've, I always have pain when I'm running, but I always have pain when I'm not running now as well. So it doesn't really make any difference whether I run or not. It's going to hurt. So while I was running, I was just like, I just feel normal, really. It was lovely, and there's a bit of me who eight months ago was thinking I won't put one foot in front of the other ever again, and and here I am, just getting towards the end of the South Down, and then I did it in the same time I had done prior to my accident too, and it just. Mm didn't really feel real yeah. <laughs> it, was, it was it was very strange and it was just wonderful really yeah it's just amazing what your body can do when you when you work with it rather than against it and yeah. let it do things it wants to rather than force it into situations it shouldn't be in <laughs> <laughs> so what advice as someone who couldn't even think about running any more than 26.2 that's it <laughs> done finish what would your advice be for someone who's kind of looking to kind of go from marathon to ultra marathon kind of distance Build the distance up slowly, so don't don't just sort of throw yourself into a hundred miles after a twenty. Just sort of grad, gradually get your legs used to running more frequently, longer distances. So a lot of people do the back to back runs of sort of twenty one day, twenty the next, and yeah. that way you're just adding up volume. Um, and 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 don't neglect the strength and conditioning because I swear one of the reasons that my all my injuries have been inflicted rather than running injuries. Yeah, yeah. And I think it's not just luck. I think it's partly because I. I I do all the strength and conditioning work. It just protects your joints mm. and, and protects your tendons and just gives you that, that strength you need, sort of physical strength to get to the end of the race. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, how to get 30, how to get 20, 20, 20, how to get 20, 20, how to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So, Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. A lot can happen in three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at UH1.com. 
Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. And also enjoy it because I think people get fixated mm. on finishing and think it's got to be at the expense of everything, but it's for fun. Yeah. <laughs> You've got to enjoy it. And if you don't enjoy it, you won't get to the end because your, your brain will stop you. Yeah. Am I right in thinking that you've... you've I often run without a watch, so and you kind of you, you don't stress about that stuff too much. <laughs> yeah, this this South Downs was the first time I've ever run with a watch, and it, it wasn't set up to run. It wasn't set at the GPS. It was just so I knew what time of day it was. Right. The first time I've ever done that. <laughs> I did, usually, I don't know what time it is. I don't know how far I've gone. I do it all based on effort. Yeah. Um, yeah. And and I much prefer that. I don't like to know what time. One of the reasons I like doing long distances is I don't, don't like to know where I am or what's going yeah, on. Yeah, yeah, fair enough. That's what, I like um, the oblivion. Sophie Power said to me that the reason she got into ultras was because we know when you finish a marathon, everyone's like, what time did you do? Whereas no one yeah, asks yeah. that after an ultra, you're like, well no, done, no. oh my God, you're incredible. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's, um, it, it, I, the, the oblivion side of ultra running is lovely if you don't focus on the distance or the time. You can, it's almost hypnotic. Mm. Great. I think there's a bit of a pattern among kind of vets and doctors being really good ultramarathoners. There's lots and lots of examples, um, and, and you're obviously part of that. Uh, yeah. Do you think there's anything about the kind of the mental and physical demands of that job that makes you kind of well-suited to the rigours of, of an ultramarathon? Well, I assume it's good. I mean, we, we all do night shifts, which I suppose yeah. sort of sets you up for getting used to going through the night. Mm. Um, and I suppose... In this country, I'm not sure so much about others. I, I suppose it's the same everywhere. This sort of the high competitive nature of getting into medical school and getting through the training, mm. it, it it attracts that kind of person who wants to push themselves. Yeah. Um. So I, I suppose those are the aspects of um of of being in medicine that favour favour ultramarathon runners. And there's the being on your feet all day thing as well. Um, in yeah. Hospital and walking a long way. How hard is it juggling? Obviously. Being a doctor is not a normal nine to five in any way. How hard is it to kind of juggle training around work? I think it probably makes it easier. I'm quite fortunate now in that I work less than full time, so I don't work full time hours anymore. And initially, that was because I was um, I was in the, the the GB teams, the trail championships in 2018, um, and then since my car accident, I haven't gone back full time yet because I I find that I need time off my feet at yep. a certain length of time to, to let my back recover. Um, but prior to that, I did all my initial training during my during my foundation years as a, as a full-time doctor. And I think shift work, in a way, makes it easier mm. because, like, one of our twilight shifts, for example, is 4 o'clock in the afternoon to 1 o'clock in the morning. So you've got the whole day to go for a run. And particularly during the winter, that's quite nice. It gives you a few more hours to get things done. And you don't have to do all your running in the dark. Um, so I think it makes juggling for ultra running slightly easier with the shift patterns. Yeah, I guess that's 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 a positive way of looking yeah. at it. <laughs> yeah. sure. Such yeah. a good way of yeah. looking at it. Well, uh, Volume-wise, I know it can, it can be tricky, but I was lucky when I, where I lived previously, I was lucky to have a distance from work to home that I could run. So you, yeah, right. you mm. just end up learning how to co- co- combine commuting and running. Are you, are you, you, might, you must be logging big miles then, Sarah, to, do, to sort of do what you do over that kind of ultra-marathon distance. What, what does a week look like for you? Um, it, it's quite variable depending on sort of where in a, in a training block I am. I never, I never used to think like this in terms of training blocks until I, I 
I started having the coaching from James, but um, you know, sort of the middle of the to, to the peak peak phase of a training block, I'll be sort of hitting sixty or seventy miles a week. So yeah. not really that high volumes. I mean, I know some ultra runners who cover over a hundred miles a week. Yeah, but I don't think it needs to be done. I think if you get the training pattern right, you can get away with a lot less mileage. And I think that probably suits people who are quite busy lives as yeah, well. Yeah, definitely. definitely. So I think people are put off by the idea of, oh my god, I've got to run over hundred miles a week. Well, you, you really don't. Mm. Mm. Um, it can be done, so yeah, don't be put off by that. <laughs> yeah, definitely. And I mean, you're talking about you're, you're being competitive. You're winning these things on sixty and seventy. I guess if you were completing, you could probably get away yeah. with, and they were the right miles. You might be able to get away with more, like forty to fifty, perhaps. Yeah, I think if you do it right, yeah, you can. Um, yeah, less can be more if you if you just get the pattern right. Yeah. And I think if you end up just flogging long distances, you, either you'll end up hating it and you won't want to compete, or you'll just break something. <laughs> So it's 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 worth just just playing with the shorter distances and getting getting the pattern right. You're making it sound incredibly easy. <laughs> I don't believe it is. <laughs> well, I suppose it was easy. I don't suppose we'd do it. Although I, I do sometimes think that one of the reasons I like ultra running is because you don't have to get out of breath, and I quite like that. <laughs> don't ask me to climb the stairs fast. That makes me breathless. I don't enjoy that. So, what are your plans for the rest of 2019 and beyond? I guess. I haven't really thought because I wasn't sure if my back was going to manage this distance. Mm. So I haven't. I've been, I've been erring on the pessimistic side and thinking I won't be able to manage it. So I didn't end up disappointed. Now I know I can, and I've got a place in the the twenty four hour squad for GB this year. Right. Cool. So I'll be everything now will be geared towards getting fit and 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 my best performance in October at the twenty four hour championships. Would that be your first twenty um, four hour? It'll be a debut for you over that. Will that be a a debut for you, the the 24-hour? No, because you have to do a 24-hour race to qualify. Ah, okay. So I've done done one previously prior to my knee fracture, and then I did one actually two weeks before my car crash. Right. (laughs) That was my last 24-hour race. Um, So I've I've covered the the required distance, but I wasn't happy with either of my performances, so I'll be be really focusing on on being a bit prouder of what I can achieve over that, that sort of format of racing. Yeah. Um, and then beyond that, I'm, I'm not really sure. I just, I just want to in, enjoy running at the moment. Yeah. I, I really am. It's so. It, I think what you said about you know the newfound respect for the fact that you can do it. I, I, that hasn't gone yet. It's. I don't know if it'll ever fade away, and it's probably just been potentiated by the fact that I've had another accident and come back again. Yeah. So, well, um, it's, it's it's extraordinary, Sarah, what you've done. I think it's a, it's an amazing uh, sort of comeback story. So thanks very much for. for for sharing that with us on the Runners World podcast, and um, we oh, wish you sure. the best of luck with, with yeah, all your, luck. your running in the future. Thank you very much. That's really kind of you. Right. <laughs> Cheers, sir. Thanks a lot. This is the Runners World podcast. Wow, she was great. Yeah, she's amazing. amazing. Isn't she? She's amazing. Yeah, um, it's something about ultra running. They're just an amazing amount of humble. I think they're my people. people. Yeah, I think they are. I think I found my tribe. <laughs> You'd have to do an ultramarathon, Jane. Yeah, I, mean, like, I can't say that yet, can I? <laughs> Give me time. Um, Sarah said uh, off mic that she's very, very happy for um, anyone who is going through a spinal injury or, or knee uh, issue to contact her um, via Instagram or Facebook. We'll put a link in the show notes to that. Um, but she's very, very happy to uh, to share her experience uh, with you if you think that would be of use. So thanks again to Sarah for, for coming on. What an amazing person. This is the Runner's World podcast. I'll do a quick bit of running news then. A uh, couple of bits of running uh, have caught my eye. So Paul Tierney, 
ran a new Wainwrights record covering all 214 Alfred Wainwright peaks in the Lake District in six days, six hours and five minutes. Insane. Insane. He recovered uh, roughly 318 miles and scaled the equivalent ascent of four times Mount Everest. Kudos to Paul. Just mad. Yeah. Just absolutely mad. Yeah, just staggering. Um, I think the the record had stood for about 10 years, so like really amazing uh, achievement from Paul. So shout out to Paul. And then in other mountain running news, Damien Hall, who's been on the podcast before, um, recently ran a new FKT, fastest known time, for the Paddy Buckley round in Wales. Um, And Damien writes about uh, the round in the current issue of Runners World. So to take a look out for that. Yeah, incredible. Damien's one of these sort of people who's so modest that you forget how how brilliant he is as a runner. Yeah, Yeah, he's great. Um, We've also received an email from one of our listeners which I think you will enjoy, who has responded to last week's question about running on holiday. Okay. Rob Mager, I'm sorry if I pronounced that wrong, (laughs) writes, I always take my road shoes abroad. Like your presenter said, it's a great way to learn about a new area. My most successful run was from Venice Beach to Santa Monica last summer. I got chatting to a fellow runner, David, halfway along the route, and who turned out to be the guy who directed Shrek 2. (laughs) A thoroughly decent bloke who runs every day. There you go. What so there you go. Nice Take story. your shoes away with you. <laughs> this is the Runner's World podcast. While there's plenty of literature suggesting we were born to run, Runner's World chief sub-editor John Carroll isn't so sure. In his recent article for the Runner's World website, John looks at the various design flaws that suggest we are, in fact, born to loaf. To defend his position, John is here with us now. John, what do you mean we're not born to run? Well... First off, I'm not defending my position. I'm merely <laughs> stating my position. <laughs> I have nothing to defend. Okay. I spent many minutes researching this topic. <laughs> and what I found, well, what I found out, what I decided is that we are nowhere in the rankings uh, compared with the tireless wolf, for example, <laughs> the lethal cheetah, or even the sad, sad camel. We're hopeless. So what, compared to the other, other kind of... The animal kingdom, we're useless runners, this is what you're saying. Well, yes, and also there's the um, proposition that's been put forward in the last 20 or 30 years that we were uh, evolutionary designed to be ideal runners, long-distance runners. And the evidence suggests to me the exact opposite. Let's start with the nails, the toenails. (laughs) What happens to toenails? They go black, they fall off, they regrow, Mm. they go black, they fall. You know where this is going, right? (laughs) So what do you do? You clip them. What if you're an older person? for whom bending over is a troubling episode. Right. What do you do then? Let them grow. They tear your best silk socks <laughs> and you're back where you started. <laughs> Go feet. on, carry on. Let's, uh, let's skip past the feet and there are many tiny, tiny, easy breakable bones and move on to the Achilles tendon. <laughs> a sturdy fellow, yeah. I'll grant you, but such a poor blood supply that the average injury takes, I think, 15 years, give or take, to heal. <laughs> so, what we, so we've covered then, we've covered the foot. I was working upward. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Worryingly. Yeah, yeah. Carry on. <laughs> oh, I'll, I'll jump over certain parts. Sure. Let's, uh, let's move on to the, well, we won't even go into shin splints, those monsters. Okay. The knees supposed to absorb. Mm. They're essentially, they're like a the suspension of an East German Trabant. They're an awful, <laughs> an awful <laughs> creation. And then my biggest bugbear, the, the glutes. Uh, these were mentioned specifically by Lieberman in his 2004 study, mm. saying they are part of the proof that we were, in fact, designed as long-distance runners. Who uses their glutes running? They're notoriously hard to fire. <laughs> yes, that is true. It's that is true. true. But they're super sitting on. Yes. So, But the two are related, though, aren't they? It's through our, it's through our kind of our sitting that makes them hard to fire. Do you see what I'm saying? 
Uh, if you were a postman, I reckon you'd be firing your glutes if you if you were a postman. I wouldn't ask a postman that question. <laughs> I'd find that very personal. <laughs> we'll carry on then. If, 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 if we move then. on, we, we can you know move past the uh, the issue of stomach troubles, uh, and we can go to the lungs, which are not bad, I suppose. Mm. Then you get to those tiny little airways we have to take in air. Well, the nostrils. Yeah. Mm. So you're left, you know, gaping with your mouth open, <laughs> and you're taking in wasps and bees and flies and all manner of detritus. <laughs> Just to get some air into your lungs. Yeah. Anything, anything else, John? Yes, yeah. yes. Uh, let's, let's think about um, feeding. Feeding, sure. You're running. You run low because your glycogen's gone. Yeah. So what do you do? You start converting to burning your fat. Yeah. Which is like your car running out of petrol and you decide, I know, I'll pack it full of crude oil and molasses. <laughs> That'll be fine. I'll be up and running in seconds. Of course not. It takes far longer to process the fat and sure. the energy. So we're no good there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's true. There is there, there is some fueling, although of course there's that kind of you don't trend, see you don't see wolves trendy. stopping for a, a snack, do you? Well, I wonder if they're if they're kind of doing this kind of very trendy high um, high yeah, fat keto. high, high pro, keto. They, they do a high protein diet. That's <laughs> yeah. for damn sure. I think yeah. we know that. Yeah. <laughs> well, what about the way it makes us feel, though, John? I understand that we're not physically perhaps the best of the runners, but it makes us feel great. This is running's most insidious trick. <laughs> all right, because you run. You hurt eventually, yeah. but you get those hidden endorphins and you go, oh, that felt grand. I'll run again. Yeah. What happens? More sore, <laughs> injuries, yeah. pain. And do I need to mention chafing? I think I don't. <laughs> um, I once took part in the um, man versus horse marathon. Well done. And I beat a few horses. Mm-hmm. Actually, I beat most horses. was beaten by some horses, granted, but a few old mares I got the better of because mm. it was a warm day. And as Jane was saying, we can cool down better than other yeah. animals. So actually... Smart. You know, we're, we're not bad. Actually. Have you ever gone up against an ostrich? <laughs> or a bear? They're quick, aren't they? That is a loophole in race. Uh, a race director should come at, who's out there should, should do man versus ostrich. Because an ostrich can go on 50 miles an hour and wow. could probably run a marathon in 45 minutes. Could it be trusted to run alongside men and women? They're quite, they're quite aggro, aren't they, the ostrich? I'm, I'd hope so. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, you may have a point, John. You may have a point. Does being bad at running, though, detract from your enjoyment of it. Do you mind? Heavens no, look at me. I'm, I'm a prime example. You need no more evidence than myself uh, mm. to prove that we were not designed for running. And yet I do, I do. Yeah. I like, like it very much. Yeah. I think you're a good example of someone who isn't particularly competitive with running, but still... That's not out of choice. <laughs> that's <laughs> making a virtue that's necessity. a necessity. Yeah. 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 I'd be interested to know what our listeners have to think. Do you think we are born to run? Or are we just kidding ourselves? Let us know at podcast at runnersworld.co.uk. Thanks so much for coming on the Runners World podcast for the first time, John. Hopefully not the last. Definitely not the last. I I hope to um, come back with some many more controversial theories (laughs) in in the months and years to come. This is the Runners World podcast. So that brings us to the end of this week's Runners World podcast. I'd like to say a huge thanks to our guest, Sarah Morwood, and to Number 8 Studios in Soho, where this was recorded. For more news, reviews, interviews and much more, head to runnersworld.com slash UK. And please like and subscribe on iTunes. And thank you to Acast, who are our hosting partner. Thank you for listening and we'll see you next week. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. 
and is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. If you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. Use the Stamps.com mobile app to mail everything you need to keep your business running with up to 89% off USPS and UPS. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Use code PROGRAM for a special offer. That's Stamps.com, code PROGRAM.